Welcome along to the Wise Men's Day podcast. We have another defeat to talk about tonight. Oh, of course we do. Phil Parkinson's had seven league games and he's lost four of them. Sunderland only lost five games uh, in the entirety of the league campaign last year, of course. So myself um, and Gareth are joined by Richard. I want an opening that can like celebrate that <laughs> that fact. That's, uh, it truly is the Banter era now. Yeah. It's, it's upon us. Banter era redux. That's what it is. Yeah, this time it's not funny. Hmm. <laughs> it's certainly not funny. Uh, what isn't funny in particular is the manager commenting after the game, saying anybody who watched that game would appreciate the players gave the role. Um, he was talking about how we defended exceptionally well against a very difficult side who put the ball in the box and put you under pressure speaking almost like we're playing somebody decent um and not somebody like Gillingham and of course just to um to rub it all in saying that we would have taken a point all day thoughts Richard Easterbrook I think it comes to something when when we get Gillingham fans tweeting us to say you know you, you, you can't be swallowing that can you you know you can't be putting up with with that every week from Parkinson and kind of them feeling pity for us rather than kind of Treating it as their cup final, they, they they just treated it as like a routine win for them, and that that's that's where that's where we are, and I think that, that says it all, really. Have you ever um, lost faith in the manager this quickly, as under manager? No, I don't think I have. No, no, we were just saying this the other, the other day, like how quickly have 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 has a has a fan base kind of lost lost support straight away, almost unanimously as well. I'm seeing very very little support for. for I haven't Martin. spoken to one person who who thinks he should stay in his job. The only reason, not to, one. The only reason and to not sack him is can't afford to. Well, no, like from a well, well, come on, you like logically, like it's mad to try and like to sack somebody. Like on paper, someone would go, "Come on," but it's not. It's not about that. It's about everything that's gone before, everything that was supposed to happen after the appointment, um, and you know what the purpose of the appointment was in terms of achieving promotion, automatic promotion. Certainly was on the agenda, um, and that is, I would argue, barring one of the best seasons we'll ever have in our history um, at any level, impossible. I mean, we're not going to get automatically promoted now, are we? <laughs> no, it's, it, well, it's possible in terms of... Yeah. I mean, we're playoffs, still in touch with the playoffs. Yeah, and playoffs were in touch. But sneaking into the playoffs at the end of the season was not... That's that's, that's not going to happen. It's, it's, a, it's a step backwards from where we you, were you just, last season. You can't be allowed um, to dictate this narrative that he's tried to dictate already and it's, it's very very much like what David Moyes tried to do when David Moyes was coming out early and making the whole world listen to him and feel pity for him that he was in a difficult position because the squad of players he was working with wasn't good enough when in fact that you know we discussed this the other week that same squad of players or mainly the same squad of players finished very very strongly under um, Sam Allardyce the season before Jack Ross lost five league games all season he's lost three in seven a four and seven, did we say? Four and seven. Yeah, four and seven. So the, the drop-off shouldn't be that, that vast. And he's trying to put these little pointers in now to justify him staying in a job so that when he brings in all these big bruises and we, we get slightly better in the second half of the season and finish 10th or something, he can say, well, you know, the, the rock was set in. I've had a lot to do. I've had my transfer window. Now he can't be allowed to do it. He, he, even he if can't he does, be. But even if he does that, then the, the remit was not, that so he can't the remit was do better than Jack Ross did last season 
But then it'll be in hindsight we overachieved, overachieved. No, no, it won't be. That's what he's trying to make it. That's what we I'm need saying. Nip, we need to nip this, and everyone will have their opinions. But we need to nip this thing in the bud about right. If the players at the moment are, you know, fully accountable as well, um, and they've been really poor. But you know, the the fact is, everyone was saying at the start of the season we've had like. We've had there's a few of the obviously like D three D four podcasts and stuff were like saying oh well maybe it's the players I was like yeah but like you said at the start of the season you th- thought we finished top two and you yeah, know the bookies are saying that everyone well. they, you know that they, they they don't just use fan fan yeah. reaction as data they use actual data points yeah. and, and you know they're they're not silly everyone was saying Sunderland and Portsmouth will finish top two um, and yeah on and on paper people have ideas about how a season should pan out. Um, there's you know us being like fourth or fifth like and not quite kicking on and then there's what's happening at the moment the group of players who Jack Ross had it, you can't just change the manager and then go oh, well it, oh, it turns out it's the players who actually are the problem it's like well they're not like there's enough there in that group to do to be in the playoffs at the moment to be sitting in the playoffs and like nobody's going to convince me like otherwise that all no actually no the players are all crap all of a sudden no that's not the case and they didn't overachieve last season and we're going back over the same points all over again but it is like we needed a little tweak which we failed to do in the transfer market um and that's down uh, to the re- that's down to the people who've recruited them because but, yeah. you, you 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 look at the way your side play football and then you surely like in any interview process say to the manager what would you do with this group of players? How would you do? And if and if somebody then turned around and says, "Well, they don't play like I want to play at all," so I'm gonna put the ball in the air from back to front, and I'm probably gonna struggle until January, where I'm gonna have to bring some of my own players in who are bigger and who can adapt to it. Then he wouldn't have been given the job. So yeah. I, I would like to know how he answered that question, but my money would be on that he didn't get asked that question. I, I know, I know you can't. Is on it. I know you can't equate you know football to to real business life but in any situation that you know if you've ever taken a job and you know that it's not right for you and within a couple of weeks you think i'm gonna move on from this or they take the decision for you move you on that happens in business that happens all the time in it and you know in any kind of regular employment i mean football it it seems that that the ego seems to dictate that that the board will never make that decision that actually this is a bad idea and just abort that that kind of watford have just done it yeah but (laughs) they they give them longer than a month Mm. And I don't think it was that obvious when when <clears throat> when uh, if Sanchez Flores came back. It wasn't that obvious straight away that it was going to be an absolute disaster. No. And that's that's what it is. And I don't want to kind of over egg it. It has been an absolute disaster. Oh, it's been a, an absolute disgrace. The last since since Phil Parkinson came in, aside from the the Tramia game, um, the rest of it has been disgusting. And and, and there's you know, I'd love I'd love it. You know, if Stuart Donald was sitting over there. And you asked him the question, are we in a better position to get promoted now than we were under Jack Ross? He couldn't say yes. I don't think he would, to be fair. I know, but <laughs> but you know, the the point of the matter is the reason that they decided to dismiss Jack Ross was because they didn't think um you know he was going to achieve the goal of season of promotion. It'd be the fans increasingly unlikely. You know that, don't you? 
Well, that, that's, that's, this, that's how it's going to be written. It's going to be that the fans wanted Jack Ross out of it. There's more than, but keep on pointing this out, people, there's more than two managers in the world. It's not only, no, but there's 92 teams in the Football League and there's two managers and the rest of them, one. yeah, yeah, and the rest of them, you know, don't have managers. Well, technically, Barry don't have a manager either, I guess. That's but, true. Um, but, you know, the rest of them don't have managers and they're, they're all under caretaker charge and there's these two people who can only take jobs. No, there's lots of managers are listed some on Twitter didn't realise Peterson had taken the Watford job actually, which is a bit of a strange one. Um, good job for him, like getting back in there at that level. Um, but you know the the options are there. You know Daniel Stendel got the job at Hearts at the weekend. He was an option and he remained an option. I mean, saw people saying, "Oh well, you know, maybe we could have gone for him." It's like, well, before it was all oh, well. He might be too like upset because he's just been sacked or something like that. Bansley have just come out today and said that he was talking to another championship club earlier in the season and he was going to take his his coaching team with him as well. So that was that was how it kind of started the ball rolling yeah. on that. But but yeah, managers move between jobs fairly fluidly. I don't think they'll sit there crying about it. I know I've seen the, no. the athletic interview with, with Jack Ross, but had he got a call two days after losing the Sunderland job, I don't think he would have gone. Actually, I need some need time some to some sit time. on this. He'd, yeah. he'd, he'd, have, he'd have jumped straight in if his If it was the right opportunity. Exactly. So, and, and people have got to see the Sunderland job as a, you know, as a right opportunity, you know, and, and, and stop looking at it as though it's a, you know, a, a problem. It's it's the greatest job outside the Premier League. It's got to be seen as the, the most, the potentially the biggest job outside the Premier I mean, it's League. One of, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't go as far as to say the, the greatest, but it's it, it's one of the, you'd argue it was one of the plum jobs that you could, you could land. I think considering where we are and considering the kind of the potential and the opportunity and the, the, the actual ease with with which you could kind of move through the gears and get them into a, a respectable position. I, I'm not. I, I don't understand how Phil Parkinson finds it so difficult. I just think that, you know it's, we talked about Jack Ross as well, and he's a novice manager, essentially um, coming to a, coming from St Mirren to Sunderland. He's, he's managed like Alloa before that as well. You know they haven't got even got a grass pitch. You know what I mean? And then he's coming to Sunderland and. The job he did last year now looks phenomenal. Like really, based like what he did, um, and this season it doesn't look too bad either. Like up to the point where he was sacked, um, based on what we've seen since. But how can a novice manager um, at this level, you know, go on to to do what he did? And somebody who's supposed to be experienced at taking teams out of this division, which again is you know, massively debatable. Or should a knows knows the league knows league one or whatever, knows the lower divisions, whatever, how can he be found so out of his depth when the main what the probably the main driving force from being employed was that he understands how to get results in this division. Because he's came in off the back of a win record of nineteen percent or something over two seasons. So it's, it's in, he's he's you know he's he's treating us like we are this Bolton team has been struggling for two years when he's viewing a, a defeat against Gillingham and trying to mislead us all and tell people that what they are saying what they are seeing isn't correct and that in fact we played all right and the clear the players gave well, the wrong. This is the second. This is the second time we've gone to Gillingham, and, and he, he said, said we had we've had a go at them and all this. It's Gillingham, like again, it's like no. No disrespect, but the, the person have said this down blue in the face. You need to win twenty-seven games at least to get promoted from this division. 
So you've got to beat Gillingham twice. So yeah. you know, and it's not about it's not about like oh, it's little old Gillingham. It's you've got to beat Gillingham twice. You've got to beat these teams twice. We beat them four one down there last year. Yeah, and we beat them four two up here. <laughs> and they had, you know, one Tom of the Mead. better strikers yeah. in the in the division, you know, over that period. But um, you have, but you know, you have to, you have to, um, you have to win these games. You have to win them. You, you haven't got, you haven't got a choice. Like, if you want to get promoted, and the draws killed us last year. Draws killed us, and then we've got a manager saying that he would have taken the point all day at Gillingham. Last year, a, a draw at Gillingham would not have been an acceptable return. Yeah, and, and Gary, people, Gary people would not said, accept it. Gary Rell said in his comment, uh, column for this on Lindeco today that he would have taken taken a win despite the result, uh, despite the performance. I think I think a lot of a lot of fans kind of do think that way. Um, I'm I'm on the other side of it, thinking that you know performance is 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 also important. There was nothing on Saturday. There was absolutely nothing. There was no not one positive. No, if Charlie Wake, if you're going to push it, yeah. to be fair to him. Yeah, he put himself L- looked, about a looked a threat when he come on, but uh, aside from that, but it's a not, not one, not one single positive. He's, he's let, and, and we we saw this was coming when we looked at the team sheet. Yeah, because it wasn't three five two; it was five at the back, and yeah. he's dropped Denver Hume, who's been our more one of our most attacking main outlet attacking outlets, and he's put Dubok in, which told you straight away, well, these are defenders, and they barely crossed the. The halfway line and the ball, and then the, when they did, they did have the ball. They just lumped it up towards I mean, Grigger McNulty's head. I mean, two two, two sm- relatively small strikers. Grigger gets stick again, but it's like, you can't blame any of the forwards. Don't blame you know. To do? You can't blame any like, of the forwards yeah. when when they're just launching the ball up towards your head. Absolutely not. The first ten minutes, we had abs- I had absolutely no idea of what we were trying to achieve from the match. I didn't even think there'd been a team talk or had the you know this faded ten days of training on the on the training ground. What, I'd love what, to know what the what midfielders do yeah. in training. What have they been? Do- what what have the, the squad been doing in training? He probably let some midfielders go and sit and watch. Why he just puts like a massive some corns in the middle of the park and get and gets his defenders to launch a ball up to the strikers because that's how we're playing. It's like they've all gone down to the drive-through and just hung out there for ten days and then <laughs> yeah. it's it's just I know I know I know we're at the risk of kind of starting to sound almost kind of unreasonable, but. After seeing Saturday's performance, it wasn't unreasonable. It's I, f- just... I find the what we've seen unreasonable. Yeah, that's unreasonable. Getting beaten off Leicester's children, I find that unreasonable. I find not being able to beat Gillingham in three attempts and scoring one goal past them unreasonable. And, and I having, find and having probably two shots on target. Yeah, I find it was two shots on target and 120 minutes of football in the, in the cup ties. I find it unreasonable that this manager is. I think I believe. And some people debated because the Oxford, yeah, we we drew the the game, but we lost on penalties. But the first London manager in our history to win six, lose six consecutive away matches. We've scored. And we've had some. We've scored. One, we've had some sides that have. We've scored lost consecutive matches before. We've scored one goal in the league away from home, um, since Akron and Stanley, and that was a penalty against Bolton. Um, so the last goal he scored from open play in an away game in a league game was um, on the 14th of September. That's nearly three months. Now, I know some of that crosses over into Jack Ross. We went we went and beat um, Sheffield, Sheffield United sorry, in the week after after we'd um, played uh, Acknington as well. Um, and obviously we've scored in the Oxford game. I mean, I was looking at it at the weekend, I was trying to calculate, and somebody gave my point out if I'm wrong, but I just did a quick sort of off the top of the head. 
investigation into it and I thought it was like what I think seven I think we had seven goals in that team that started at the weekend of this season so all nine I think has three Willis has one um, McNulty I think had two in the league um, and I can't remember who the other guy who scored a goal in the league was but a Grig sorry I think so there was seven goals in that team that we put out at the weekend you know it, it, it's you you know you always have to go well let's see what happens but it's getting increasingly difficult to not get into them before they've stuck the before they've kicked the ball because our patience has been stretched to the point of you know no return we did the poll obviously on on wise men say on the on the twitter and what was it 3120 odd people voted yeah 96% people said that you know that he should be sacked I mean I can't remember I mean even Simon Grayson when he got sacked at Bolton was a bit, would be more surprising him getting sacked against Bolton than it would be if we finished this podcast and found that Phil Parkinson had been sacked that would be more and even though he's only had 12 games if, if he'd have been sacked at half time that wouldn't have been a surprise <laughs> and, you know had, had he come out or like had there been a statement come out instead of you know, instead of work to be done, the the club Twitter come out with actually we've got rid of him. Mm. Second half, let's have a let's have a proper go. Borley comes down from the director's box, <laughs> takes a second half. Did Unprecedented pe- scenes. I'd not be shocked. Did people think that would be it after the result? No, I wanted be- because it to be. because they they let him bring his own coach and stuff in and stuff. Yeah, because they appointed Andrew Taylor what four days, but but you can't let that you you no. can't let that dictate your no. decision. You you can't. You've got to be more ruthless than that. And you can't say, oh, well, we've just, you know, I don't care about Andrew Taylor, frankly. No. So, no, no, you, you no. know, you, no, I know you're not saying it, but what I'm saying is you can't, so you can't, you can't say, oh, well, we've just like, uh, you know, he, he won't be on a fortune, will he, as a coach? So you, you can't say, well, we've just let him do that. Let's see how things go. He's not going to come in and then change everything around overnight. And you can't, it's the, the long-term future of the f- football club that's existed for 140 years at their lowest point with the worst team. And the worst man, I mean, he, he's going to go down with names with, like the likes of Law, uh, Moyes and Wilkinson. McMenemy. 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 Guaranteed. He's put himself in that bracket already, in my opinion. I, th- I thought there was definite Wilkinson vibes about him. And, you know, his, his early interviews, even his press conference, I thought, I just, just it, it didn't win me over. I know, I know we were all kind of, as a group, we were quite negative when, when, when he took the job. But well, you know, we're realistic. With, reason, with good yeah. reason, as we're well. realistic. It's not know, about it if, unfair. On him. If realism is, you know, isn't isn't you know, one day the world's going to explode. You know, it's realistic, and it's not a very nice thought, but you know, it is. So you know, yeah, it's it going to happen. Stating a fact, it does not. You know, in in, the, in that podcast, I got criticised, and everyone's entitled to their opinion. You know. The, it was it was facts that were being stated. Yeah. That is when you know is is if he hit his career um, sort of points per game at Sunderland, we'd get eighty six points. Based and that was what Jack Ross got last season, based on where we were. Um, so yeah, I mean that, that things like that, the amount of goals that the team scores. You know, the highest, however, I can't remember how many it was now, but it was something like it wasn't. It was only something like seventy or something. The most that one of his teams had scored in a season. Yeah. So things like that, they're not. It's not. It's it's not very nice to hear, but it is true. 
and there's no evidence to suggest that things are going to get suddenly get better just because. I mean, I know that the main thing is people are saying we can't sack him because we haven't got any money to sack him. Well, and I stated on Twitter today, no, because when Sir Donald went on Radio Newcastle and talked about the investment, he said, oh, no, no, we could put the money in if we wanted, but we've just chosen not to because the investment's a better course of, you know, better better path for the football club to get the investment from these people at this stage. Well, why don't you and Juan use some of your money to get rid of, you know, clean up your mess then? Why don't you do that? Because you've got all this money that you're not using, aren't you? You, you know, keep you know when he when he came in, it was like, oh, you know, I managed to find a spare fifty million pounds in the bed or whatever comment it was he made. I can't remember the exact amount of money, but it was like forty, fifty million or something. He japed about it in this press conference, like sort of like flippantly. It's like, well, if you've got all that money, you know, there's two things you can do here. You can either, you know. All the money you've borrowed secured against a football club anyway. So you could just sack him and kick the can down the road and pay him off, you know, over time. And then if, if somebody else takes over, they'll inherit that. Like, as we know, people like Lee Catmore, Brian Oviedo, that's the kind of deal that they're on anyway. So we'd still go, we're still doing exactly what we did when we were in the Premier yep. League before, but on a lower scale. Exactly the same thing. So, sure, surely their contributions into the club, which they're going to have to make once the parachute payments stop, are going to be higher than any kind of settlement. That 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 they'd that they'd put Phil Parkinson's way, you know. I'm, I'm sure it won't won't be that much in terms of settlement. He won't be on a on a on a king well, ransom. Well, it's going to be half a million pounds minimum, yeah. isn't it? Really, so but it's a lot of it's a lot of money. If if we're not to get out of League One this year, which is looking increasingly likely, next season when we're getting twenty two, twenty three thousand through the gates, trying to pay if for the upkeep of the stadium, which without relying on on Donald and Sartori, that's going to happen. They're going to be yeah. putting money in. They're going to be putting in loads more money than than they would have done had had they not appointed a competent manager. In my opinion, they're in danger of tanking the whole thing. Yeah. And it's a, it's a good job we've got the, the American investment in place, probably to, to re, which is looking more and more like a rescue fund as every day passes, rather than an investment. It feels more like kind of an insurance policy yeah. just sitting there, doesn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. And it wasn't for that. It was to kick us on. And at the moment, <laughs> it looks like it's a it's a safety net. And if, if they've got the money that they're saying they've got... I don't know what they're waiting for because well, they've made a horrendous mistake. Everybody knows it. There's no way that Stuart Donald is sitting there tonight thinking, oh, well, you know what? If he gets a few players in, in January, you know, like maybe he can turn it around. If he's thinking that, he's deluded. He's lying to himself. So he needs to, you know, pull a trigger now. You've got a week to the game. Big game on the weekend. If Simon Grayson brings his team here and beats Phil Parkinson's team, that'll be... It'll be significant, and I know, like it's it's a narrative thing, and it's you know on the fit, but like you know he was a manager at the start of that championship season and all that, and I think Sunderland supporters will see that as a significant thing that that's happened in the course of this period of the club's history. I think people will read stuff into that rightly or wrongly. We need we need to you know exercise some demons, and like I honestly, I would sack I would sack him I would have sacked him on Saturday at six o'clock. And thought right, it, and I don't know people will go. And if you, I don't think anyone's I am a rational. Dis- I'm a rational person, I but I would be going for. Ke- I'd go and get Kevin Phillips and just we, say, we've, we've been end cr- of the season. You got a deal at the end of the season. If you get us into playoffs, you know, 
fantastic. And what you've done an unbelievable job. And just all we need is some, somebody to... All they need was motivation. And instead, we've had somebody who's ripped everything to pieces. And it's like they've, this car, they've got carbon monoxide poison. It's absolutely ludicrous. You look at what you look at what kind of what Duncan Ferguson did. I mean that that's that it was very decanio ish what he did on Saturday with playing four two four and sliding down the air, sliding down it's the It's one game line. as well. Yeah, exactly. It's but, one yeah, game. Yeah, but the Everton fans the difference were, between this, the same side with a couple of changes, the difference between uh, Marco Silva's team and Duncan Ferguson's team is night and day. Yeah, and the Everton fans were saying it was because they're like us as well. You know, people are pat- start patronising when you're looking on in from the outside. It's easy to comment, and they will say no, actually. They're just winning second balls now, and they're, they're playing. They're playing a little bit quicker, and, and this is what happens. It looks like you, if you just parachute into this, if you've been in a coma or something, and you walk up and you were hearing, you're watching Sunderland the weekend, and you were hearing Phil Parkinson talk, and you would, and you said, right, explain where where Sunderland have been of a team. You would think we've been in League One for league years, two, probably League Two, yeah, or League Two, and just been promoted. <laughs> yeah. Or you, you, that would be what you would think. Not that you were, you just failed to get promoted last season. And 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 let's remember that when we we did finish fifth last season, but that was because we, it was a car crash end to the season. That was a false position. Really didn't really reflect our season. I thought it was the last couple of results, wasn't it? In the last few weeks, we went from like losing two to losing five in the last month of the season. So. Um, <laughs> We underachieved by finishing fifth, and God knows what you would call where we are now. Well, it's <clears throat> it's a disaster. It's an embarrassment. You know, it's an absolute embarrassment. And like people aren't you're talking about people who didn't enjoy it, but people enjoyed it last year at the start. Like you know, for the main people did. This year, I mean, it's apathy. You know, I've never seen before. I mean, it's almost like you know, Kim Yorker scores a last minute equaliser, and people like it's like people aren't happy but they're not that bothered I can't remember last time I actually celebrated a goal you just think like it does what it feels like it just the feels Kimbi- like the Kimbiaka goal that was that was like right well we needed that yeah the McGeady goal against against Burton I didn't yeah. celebrate that because it's a bare it's it's like the bare minimums being you know we're undercutting ourselves at the bare minimum so like when something happens that some people from the outside look at oh that's a great moment they just don't mean anything anymore and like you think whatever happens now you know, say we say we got a last minute equaliser at Gillingham at the weekend. It doesn't matter because a point's not enough for Gillingham. A, a yeah. point at home to Coventry in this scheme of the season is not enough. There's, there, you know, we we have to win so many games, and at the moment, like, saw so a really interesting comment from Jamie Vardy at the weekend. I think he was talking about um, Claude Puel, and he said that um, the training, the intensity of the training, was too light. And he was saying, if you ask any any player, they'll know that if you if you don't train with the intensity that you're going to play, you can't elevate it on the weekend. You can't get up to the level. And I'm wondering, you know, how intense is our training? You know, because it looks as though when we're going out there, we just no there's no thrust. It's it's completely flat. Like there's there's and that's what's happened since. You know, since Parkinson's come in, it's like the pay, people criticised Ross for the pace, but he wanted to he wanted to play, you know, he wanted to dictate possession, so you can understand to an extent that maybe the pace that we we play that with Parkinson, it feels as though you know there's no intensity and we haven't got any style or pattern to play whatsoever. You know, just it, just a zombie club. That's what it, it is. is. It's like zombies that so you don't see any kind of 
life or kind of there's nothing to love at the moment absolutely nothing to, to get behind or to, yeah. to celebrate but he the manager's dragging us down to his level that's what's happening and apathy's going it's already here but it's just going to keep coming and coming and coming and sweeping over everything and take everything in his path because he's going back to re- repeating ourselves a little bit he's he's already planting the narrative now you know yeah. this is this is all they're capable yeah. of um zero charisma whatsoever zero personality he doesn't even look at the camera when he's being interviewed or the interviewer listening to a couple of podcasts of former players who've said that the one of his biggest things is he doesn't make eye contact with them. A former uh, pro we've spoke to said that he he wouldn't tell them, make a decision over the phone. He text them after that. It's not what we need. We need somebody to, to take this head on. We need somebody to really rise to the challenge and, and puff the chest out. And he's not doing that. You know, like- and he need, he needs, it can't even be after the next game you're talking about, Grayson. He needs to leave now. He needs to. He needs to not be there before the next game. Oh, def- he needs to go now. It's too late already. We've already yeah. dragged our heels enough. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, you you could be. Tell you now, if say you had, and people there would be some people who would rightly go, "Oh, Kevin Phillips, this is absolutely stupid." On on Wednesday morning, and then it'd be a bit like me with Jermaine Defoe. It'd be like this is a completely stupid thing that we've done, but. When you get to the weekend and you've got former England striker, scored the World Cup, hat full of goals, it doesn't matter. Because it's Jermaine Defoe's got the top on and he's playing for your team. It'd be like that with Phillips. Because the doubt is, on Wednesday morning, by Saturday, they'd be smiling. And I wouldn't, and again, in the, to go full dar, if it, if it was Bawley alongside him in, in, as a... As a the Saxton type role to just get into people I wouldn't have a problem with that either like that's I called for Bolly get the job at Grace and got sacked so but I'm not I, it, it, but it is people you know and, you know and we're all guilty of, and we're all guilty of it and we're all guilty of you know and, and like at the start in the summer if we're making the change I wouldn't have picked Phillips and when we picked Parkinson I wouldn't have picked Phillips but now I'd pick him absolutely yeah and it, if people want to say like, "Oh, you know, you're an idiot" or whatever, that's absolutely fine, because he hasn't got a record. But he's been coaching at a high level. He's been around teams that have won. You know, he's in Derby team were decent when he was there. Leicester, obviously. So I would absolutely say, you know, he's been around Nigel Pearson as well. You know, but you need and it and the risk of sounding again. It's like somebody who gets it or whatever. He knows what it's about. And that's what yeah. we need at the moment. We need somebody who is in... Is he going to Gillingham for a point? You wouldn't have thought so. <laughs> and I don't, you don't know what kind of manager he is, but he's not going to Gillingham for a point, is he? And also I would say, if Sunderland weren't in League One and Kevin Phillips wanted to start his manager career and took a job in League One... Well, you wouldn't be that surprised, You wouldn't be would that you? surprised, no. would you? You no. wouldn't be going... Like Joey Barton going yeah, to Yeah, you'd be going, yeah. oh, he's starting, he's starting out. He's starting at the right kind of yeah, level. Yeah, the right kind of level for, yeah. f- as well. So, yeah, someone, someone who's actually coached for a while, someone who's, yeah. you know, who's been who's been playing quite late into his 30s yeah. as well. So he's, you know, he's, he's been around football clubs, he's been active in football clubs. Yeah. It's not surprising to see him to move in, into an active managerial role. Yeah, absolutely. So if you take that out, if you take the emotion out of it, you know, you look at that 
from a logical step for somebody stepping into management of League One or League Two job, it wouldn't you wouldn't it wouldn't surprise you if he you know if he took over. I don't know. I'm trying to think of a you know Southend or Rochdale Gillingham. or Gillingham <laughs> or something like you, you wouldn't be going. Oh, that's a bit of a shock. You'd be going right. Fair play. Get stuck in. You wouldn't be thinking he was out of his depth. You'd think it's somebody taking the next step in his his career as a coach. So when he when you look at objectively like that. But I can understand why people would have reservations. I, 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 Ian Holloway would be my choice still. Phillips has worked with Ian Holloway before. He was a Palace with him, wasn't he? Is that right? Am I right in thinking that? Yeah, that's right, yeah. When yeah, they, they got, went got promoted, he yeah, scored a penalty, penalty yeah. at the Wembley, yeah. Um, and I just think his energy and charisma is, is what we need. And he's somebody who, no matter what you think about him, is generally viewed as a manager who is better than League One. If if he was do, if he was going to get given a job, it would probably be the championship. So he's got the pedigree, and Phillips as his number two uh, to have that link would be my ideal choice personally. And I, I, don't, I don't we don't apologise for speculating on this. Sorry, Phil, because we 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 like apologise when we do it when Jack Ross was manager because I felt like we were being disrespectful because he was we weren't like when we started doing this we weren't totally convinced he should we were probably leaning towards him leaving, but I think you know we we we're fully there now. Yeah, I was fully there two games ago. I think it, you know, the Burton game did it for me. I think um, it, it, when he win, he'll win either way anyway. If he gets sat now, well, yeah, he'll get a payoff, won't he? He'll be get a payoff, or and he he can set he can go. He can, yeah, it does look like he's enjoying it anyway. He's got enough. He's got enough mates in the media who will say, "Oh, poor old Phil." So, which is exactly what Simon Grayson did as soon as he got sat, went on the telly and told everybody it was he it was onto a. You know, that's what they all the do outset. because this long-term narrative has been set, yep. and it gives it gives managers this free pass now. And whoever gets sacked at Sunderland, that's the opinion people have from outsiders that there's all these deep-rooted problems. Despite the fact yeah. now we've got entirely new owners, entirely new players, it's nonsense. It goes. For the it's nonsense. As well. The players get a bit of a free ride as well because they think, well, how 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 on earth is a player going to succeed in in this circumstance when when the fans are booing after forty-eight minutes, which you know. <laughs> do you blame us do better yeah go on with know. a second ball do better run around a little bit win I mean, the first ball I mean what's yeah. 9 doing on that goal by the way I'm, I'm, I'm furious about that I'm, what's he know, doing 9's been our, probably our best player this season and for some reason he decided to grab on to the arm of the goalkeeper he would, who wasn't going to get you know no. it, it was it was miles away from him anyway he would never have got there in time and even if he would he probably would have missed it and White would have had an open goal so just leave him to it and also, I'd say I know you mentioned the positive about what be the positive being Wyke coming on, but I think that's alarming when the positive is someone's come on who can hammer the ball up to, and he might hold it. And fair play to him, he just hold it and does a you know good job with the balls he's given and the pattern of play that we want. But from a personal point of view, it's not really what I want to see. Like, is it like that? I don't want to be thinking. Oh well, at least if like Charlie White has a good game because we've you know because he's got a headache because he's had the ball hammered off his head all day, then then that's a good thing and we might win a game. No, like not not no, not for me. <laughs> so I don't I can't accept I can't accept it. Can't accept it. Like I said, I can't accept what's going on at the moment from top to bottom. I think a lot of people are in the same boat, and you know it's completely unacceptable and. You know something needs to happen, and they need to take own own. You know you're called an owner, and that means you own responsibility. 
everybody decisions. Well, Stuart Donald and and Charlie Methven have talked talked about being club custodians and having that responsibility and never wanting to be an owner that 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 is hated. And it's it's going that way. I mean, I think Stuart still got cash yeah, in the bank. Definitely, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I I don't you know I don't, I don't some. dislike the man, but he's got this is pivotal. This this moment in time is pivotal for his ownership of the club that make the right decision and he could you know he could be popular I think it's vitally important he does this because like you said he does have some cash in the bank still I think I think people were less sad to see Charlie leave um, than Stuart um, I think people have always preferred him of the two and I think he's in danger of losing that all if he doesn't act now and you know if, if you are listening Stuart we, we we put uh, an invite out to him yeah. to, uh, to come along tonight so yeah, if he could. Knowing that he's not in the area, but we, you know, we we, what, we did put that out there. What anywhere. we've said is, we are, and we are, obviously we've had, had questions on social media about you know asking, and we've said you know there's probably a time and a place to have a conversation for a number of reasons. So today we did reach out to Stuart through a couple of channels to say, do you want to come on and have a chat, like a frank discussion about the situation because like an adult's discussion about the situation. Not that he hasn't had that in the past, but it's all very well riding the crest of the wave and, you know, being a pu- being publicly present and getting the, the slaps on the back. But you haven't done anything yet. We haven't achieved anything yet. So we're actually in a worse position. So we need, I think, the, you know, there's conversations need to be had now. And he might do it through my army. He might, you know, I know that he's going to be involved in some of the... Um, uh, meetings obviously after he's the, had a meeting with them hasn't he yeah but I yeah. think obviously they're going to have to redo the meeting that they had with Charlie yeah he's they? done that already so I know there's going to I think there's going to be other after Charlie be other one, yeah, yeah he, there'll, he, be other, there'll be other ones down the line um, I'm, I'm assuming with Stuart which is a positive thing because the chairman should be present at those meetings um, if he can be um, and he maybe he'll answer some of the questions that people have got I'm sure that all the questions that people have will be the same and it might not have to be publicly broadcasted but it would be remiss of us not to ask the question if he wants to come and have a chat and we'll put it out. Offer's there. I always knew the offer was 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 there anyway, let's be honest. It's yeah. a wide berth, didn't he? Um, right, anybody else got anything to add before we go? Thanks for coming to the live show on Friday. Yeah, very good. We need to mention our, our good old partnership. Oh, yeah, of course. Well. That's terrible, isn't it? We're really good at this sponsorship thing. Well, we? no, but let, let's be fair. They, they, you know, they've made it clear as well. Um, they're that, sold out basically yeah, for Christmas. Yeah, you're not getting anything for Christmas. So. so yeah, from the terraces though, the code WMS10 I believe will still be valid. Yeah, come back in January. That's you know, January. Get your order in. Get your order in for January. So when you go to the what first game of the new year, you might have a nice mm. new top for your your Christmas box yeah. or whatever it is. When the, what the people call it. Steve Nelly will say how much box. you enjoyed. I know the, you just you like the tops on Friday. Yeah, he was going yeah. on about it like loads. Mm. How much he loved them. So there you go. Endorsed by former Sun striker Stevie Lynn from the terraces. Head over from the terraces.co.uk and get your uh, get your gear. We raised 110 pounds as well. Everyone who came down for the um, the Rotor Report um, sort of uh, fund for the soup kitchen and food bank. Um, I think it's up to over 16 grand now, which is amazing. So, but so it was 110 quid. Everyone who was there on the night chipped in um, for a prize, and we we gave the prize away and, and took all the money and. That's gone in the pot, so that's a nice thing, isn't it? Has indeed, and we'll be in the fan zone. It's inside, it's in the beacon <laughs> of light on Saturday. So, Does somebody else want to do it? If you, <laughs> if you, 
<laughs> I, might, gonna, I might go shopping or something. If you look something to do, if you look for something to do, maybe we'll just play music and not say anything or do anything anyway. Yeah. Shall I put some high, music? Yeah, some highlights on from, you know, the past, the brief periods where it was good, like we used to do in the Peacock. Mm. Shall we do that? Thanks for listening, everybody. Ah!